goes and finds Moses' mom and says, hey, hey, she can she can help you raise her. And so she gives Moses back to his mother. And Pharaoh's daughter pays Moses' mom to raise him for a little while. Yes. And keep him safe from Pharaoh, who's trying to kill him. Yes. So... This is like the world's most like incredible like, like this is like money laundering with babies. Because <laughs> like she 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 gave her baby. We're definitely getting an explicit reference, or explicit label now. <laughs> she gave her baby to Pharaoh's daughter. Pharaoh's daughter says, "Hey, I need someone to raise this kid until it's interesting." And so she gives it back to her mother. And so her mother now has the permission to raise this child from Pharaoh's daughter. And so when the soldiers come, she's like, uh-uh, I have special permission. This is not a this is not a Hebrew baby. This is an Egyptian baby that I'm raising in my home. See, I'm being paid for it. <laughs> so the woman took the child and nursed him. And uh and in all that 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 one sentence of verse nine takes us years into the future. When the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses because she said, I drew him out of the water. And so we, uh, like, maybe he had a name before you know, he was handed over, but he would have grown up amongst his brother and his sister. So this is not one of those things where, like, it, like in the Prince of Egypt, where, like, surprise, you have a brother and a sister. Like, he knew Aaron and Miriam. He grew up with his brother and with his sister. But, they, like, yep. I have to say this, even though we're, I'm going to now ignore it. Yes. There are so many fun etymological, like, linguistic issues with Moses and what the name means and how it's related to Egyptian versus Hebrew. And how yes. to, uh, there's a lot of fun stuff. Now, having said that, with the teaser, we're going to ignore it and move on. <laughs> awesome. All right. So, um, and and in in the in the span of the period after I drew him out of the water into the next sentence, he grows up. Yeah, years it's, in the future. Yeah. So like verse ten, verse nine, he has just been born. He's three months old. Verse ten, when the child grew older. Verse eleven, one day when Moses had grown up. Yeah. Like, like he grows up very quickly in the beginning of this book. Yes. So like how he was raised. So unimportant. We would love to know because, like, it, it, yeah, it would give some great flavor text. Like, he was obviously raised as an Egyptian of some sort because he was her son, and he would have been raised as the aristocracy. But if you read the text, he also knew that he was Hebrew. He knew that he was one of these guys, and so, like, if he knew, if his if his adoptive mother knew, Pharaoh probably knew too, and. Whatever, like, you know, the, the privilege of the aristocracy. It's like, well, like, like nothing's going to happen wrong from this baby that I let live, which is like the center of every story called Oedipus ever. But <laughs> speaking of Oedipus. No, let's not speak of Oedipus. Um, <laughs> Didn't we reference Oedipus two episodes ago? You reference Oedipus a lot. It makes one wonder if you have a complex. <laughs> Get Dr. Freud on the line. Anyway. Cancel Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> so he grows up, he goes out, and he sees his people. And like, he went out to his people and looked on their burdens, and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his people. He looked this way and that, and seeing no one, he struck down the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. There's so many fun things going on here. Yes. <laughs> first, so first off, just to clarify a bit, the way, like the usage here, the Egyptian is not beating the, the the Hebrew like 
he's giving him a couple of whips and now he's going to go on with his day. Like he's beating him to death. Yes. So that's why Moses intervenes and kills him. Like, so there's not, it's not like Moses just saw somebody punch somebody else and decided that these people must die. Like that's not what happened. It's time to go Jean-Claude Van Damme on this guy. No, right. he, he, he was intervening someone else dying. And so he, he, uh, he killed the, the Egyptian to death. But then, <laughs> and he, he went out the next day, behold, two Hebrews were struggling together. And he said to the man in the wrong, why did you strike your companion? And he answered, who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? <laughs> ruh, ruh. <laughs> to be fair, this time they are not about to kill each other. No. They're just fighting. Yes. Uh, but, but, yeah, Moses is feeling himself. Like, you know, like, I helped to establish law and order. I helped my people. I protected my people. I might help some more with my people. Let me intervene in this fight going on. And the others are like, oh, yeah? Yeah, we heard about what you did. And they didn't see what he did. They yeah. heard about yeah. what he did, which Word means... Word had gotten around. Yeah, which means that it's, it's going to get out pretty quick that he killed an Egyptian. And Pharaoh might know. Yeah. Oh, wait, no. Verse 15. When Pharaoh heard of it, he tried to kill Moses. There we go. Yeah. And then Moses ran away to the land of Midian. Bravely. Yeah. He bravely, bravely ran, ran away. away, So he he gets he, he runs and um he ran ran so far away and makes it to a to a land where the people uh, are a lot less complicated than the Egyptians. They are primarily a herding people. They herd sheep. You got the people, you got the sheep. But mostly you got the sheep. Yeah, there's a lot more sheep than people. Uh, and and so uh, he's, he sits down by a well because that's where a person sits if they're trying to, like, make new friends because yep. that's where people come yep. when they're thirsty. Je- Jesus does this in Samaria. Like, it's actually a thing. Yeah. You, if you're going to a new place, you do sit by the well because that's where people – you know people have to go to the well because yeah. otherwise, where are they, how are they going to drink? Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. So he goes to a well. He sits down there, and then drama happens in front of him. Bum, bum, bum. He, he wasn't ready for drama. He wasn't like, hey, let me go like solve a fight. He was like, oh, let me go like meet some people, and then like drama happens in front of him. And he does, well, he, he does a, a thing that apparently he really likes to do, which is solve the drama. That's like, right. He could have just watched. He could have just watched as uh, as these uh, as the, the, these people were oppressing these little girls. These had, seven girls. And they had their, their sheep, and, then, and these guys were trying to drive their sheep away from them. That's right. They're getting beat up by the other shepherds. Yes. And so Moses steps in and says, stop being mean to those seven little girls, you jerks. It doesn't say he punched somebody in the face, but no. given his past and given what random people in the middle of nowhere are like, you have to assume <laughs> there was some face punching going on. It might. It, it, one hopes. One, one, one hopes that those kind of bullies <laughs> would learn their lesson and... You know, the, and the, like, like for some like random group of people, there was a myth of a man who helped them go right. But well, who cares? Um, he meets his wife. Uh, one among the seven girls there is uh, is a woman named whose name is Zipporah. Wait, wait. Before we get there, I want to talk about the story of them going back home to dad. Yes. Because so these seven girls are shepherds, shepherdesses technically. Um, the age is not clear. It just says they're the seven daughters of, of Rehuel, priest of Midian. Yes. But so they're, they're apparently old enough to do some shepherding work. They're weak compared to the guy shepherds, and so they keep getting mistreated because when they come home, their dad says, how did you get back so soon? So clearly this is like a daily occurrence. Yes. 
And they say, well, an Egyptian came and saved us. And their dad says, where is he? They say, oh, we just left him there. (laughs) He's like, what? (laughs) What do you mean you just left? He saved y'all and you just left him there? (laughs) Go get him. Yeah. They, they, they may not have been the brightest crayons in the box, but he, he marries one of those dull crayons, and, uh, and he becomes a shepherd with them. And um, he, he marries Zipporah, which is like, that's what, like, we name, we name a lot of people, a lot of our kids, like, boring sounding names out of the Bible. Why have I never met a, a woman named Zipporah? That's a great name. I mean, that seems like a, a little bit of a we that doesn't include you. You have a kid named Leonidas. I do, <laughs> and and uh, you know if you're gonna name your kid after like after a guy who held his ground against superior forces, do not be shocked when you are asking him to put his shirt on from inside out and backwards that he he squares his stance and tells you no, <laughs> we will fight in the shade. <laughs> I hope you're not letting him listen to these. (laughs) (laughs) This is therapy for my morning. Like, like, Leo, Leo, please just just eat your food. Leo, please, like, no, don't put your finger in your sister's nose and put it in your brother's ear. Like, Leo. (laughs) Yeah, gosh. Yeah, so Moses marries Zipporah, and he has a son named Gershom, which is another, like, okay, it sounds like a kind of a nerdy name, but, like, what it means is I have been a sojourner in a foreign land, which is that's... Like, he basically named his child Foreigner, which yep. was a great, that was a great band back in the day. You, so, that's, that's what he was named after. Yeah, he was named after Gershom, right? After exactly. the band Foreigner. Uh, yes. <laughs> I want to know what love is. Speaking of random, la- last random, like, name-based thing. <laughs> so, Moses' father-in-law, Raywell. Yes. The name means, like, God is my shepherd. Yes. With the exception of the name, the word God instead of the name of God, mm-hmm. it like it is the first part of Psalm twenty three, like the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Like it's the same thing. Wow, it's wild. I know it's just sort of fun. Huh? Is that like some deep thing? No, it's not. But it's just kind of cool. <laughs> it is fun. All right, so we finish out chapter two with the idea that like okay, it's, it's sort of like it's the camera pans out for Moses, like just doing his thing. He's like, yes, I'm a shepherd now. We are all watching after the sheep. I want to know what love is. And then, like, it pans back over to Egypt again. I want to know what love is. <laughs> it says, During those many days, the king of Egypt died, and the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God, and God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. God saw the people of Israel, and God knew. Which, Which like, that, that last part... That's that's pretty. That's that's a, that's definitely a dun dun dun. Yeah, that's like you know something's coming, especially because again to reference Genesis because hey, it's what I do. Yes. The like God saw, God remembered, God like basically every time there's a unexpected baby that's going to be the new person who takes on the covenant, like it is, and then God remembered Rebecca, or then God remembered Rachel, and then God saw and remembered who, like. That happens just over and over and over. And you're like, oh, wait, God saw, God remembered something that is going to like establish God's people for the next generation is about to happen here. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's easy, though, to get wrapped around the axle on that word remember. 
Yeah, it's true. Because it makes it sound like God forgot. For us, yeah. For for us, it sounds like God forgot and somebody had to remind him. Yes, because it's like when I remember something, it's because I, I was not thinking about it. And because like I usually remember something either like right before I need to actually take action <laughs> on it or right after it's too late to take action on it. And like, I'm like oh, bang head in the wall. Um, but... This is this is actually a, a a different thought, like semantically. This this remember this is a, a an older use of the word remember, and I know it's older because there was once it was this guy was a Vietnam vet, who really liked my dad, and he and I were talking. We had a really nice conversation, and I was like, you know, it was like I was holding my own as like the young guy in the conversation, and this guy said, "All right, well, David, like remember me to your father." I thought, "Remember you to your to my father," and I thought. My dad knows that this guy, his name is Walt. My dad knows that Walt exists. He has not forgotten that Walt exists. But he wants me to enliven the memory of Walt in such a way that he might actually end up calling him. And here, like, the, the idea of remembering, it was like, it's, it's not just like that, that they have been out of his mind, but it's like now is also the time for action. He's thinking about them, but he's thinking about them to the point that now... He's going to act. But that that last line, though, and God knew, that's like, that's the same thing that God did when, when, uh, when uh, Cain killed Abel. God knew. And hearing a call, the cry that goes up to him is the same thing that the ground does, like calls out when Cain murders Abel. Exactly. And when he's God's about to go destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, it's because he heard the cry come out to him, like come up to him, like yeah, that combination of the cry is coming up and he's remembering and he knew, like, oh yeah, this yeah. this is just loaded with references to God's about to do something. Yeah, the, and the and the smackdown that's coming is just like it's so chock full of like poetic justice and yeah, like it's like, about to get real like like the like what like the, like when they when they wrote when uh when alexander dumas wrote the count of monte cristo oh i love that book so much and and it was like so full of like the most the tastiest like revenge justice in the entire world it's got nothing on what god is about to do to egypt and like one for free for me like when you talk about like his blood is crying out out to me when we talk about like the the things that God is about to do to Egypt, what does He do to the river where they threw all the babies? It becomes the blood that was crying out to Him, and it's like, and for me, it's like this is like it's nothing but like just like full send. Like, okay, you're doing this to my people, and so when it says, and God knew, you talk about being on the wrong side of God. <laughs> when God dealt with the midwives and they had babies, yeah. God's about to deal with Pharaoh and he's on the wrong side of him. Yeah. And it's just, it, it's, you know, for those of us who don't like what he did, it's, it's kind of tasty. For those who like, you're like, you're actually looking at all of these people, the Egyptians, whatnot, as actual people. It's horrifying. It is absolutely horrifying. Yeah. But it's, it's a good show. It's made lots of movies. It's like they created better CGI just to show what this thing looked like when it happened. We have uh, we have Moses and Midian. We have the people who are crying out. We have God knowing, and we're going to come back with uh, with Moses being called next week. Uh, thanks for joining us here for season two of the Unimposters Podcast. The Dose. The Dose. I'm Damien. I'm Andy. And we will talk with you guys next time. Bye.